another day, another baseball game currently going poorly over for the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, we'll see how it turns out, but it's been kind of more of the same. Uh, offense not there, starting pitching not there. Uh, on the whole, it has been a frustrating week if you are a Cleveland Guardians fan. We'll talk about this game as it is going on, and we're going to do our Wednesday wrap-up on Thursday, talk about some college baseball performers on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So this game actually didn't look too poorly at the start, right? Like, they sat back, and we had a two-run home run by uh, Jose Ramirez. The Angels didn't even wait to even it up. Uh, Zach Plesak is out of this one after just three and two-thirds innings. He gave up six earned runs on seven hits, two walks, only two strikeouts. Again, that's the issue, and that is my concern. When I am looking at why I view Plesak as a back-end type, it's that he just doesn't seem to miss enough bats. Sam uh, Henches is having another, you know, solid bullpen performance. He has been excellent in that role. Uh, just in terms of the game itself, you know, credit to Naylor for throwing out a Tani at home. No credit to Rosario for another error at his position. You know, I, like we always go through and we talk about, you know, who reached base twice. Uh, yes, it is only the fifth inning, so maybe it's going to happen. But as of yet, it hasn't. Just one walk and five hits. So in six opportunities, they have two runs. The Angels have nine hits and two walks. Again, it's you know they've had 11, 12 opportunities. To get seven runs on 12 opportunities is an extremely high rate. So you know there's a ton of extra base hits. And when you go down, oh, hey, Taylor Ward. Who was talking about him this week? I don't know. Who was <laughs> trying to figure out a way to, uh, to acquire him in a trade this week? You know, oh, that's right. It was me. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I sat back and, you know, the, the whole reason I thought that he made sense was when you look at this Angels team, they're up the middle is, you know, T- Taylor Wade is, is a filler guy. And Andrew Velasquez is a player who, uh, I mean, this might be his longest major league, uh, time spent in the majors in years. Uh, as a almost everyday starter for uh, the Angels in this series. So they, and yes, David Fletcher will at some point come back and play for them. Let's see, his exact injury diagnosis is a strained hip, so it shouldn't be something that, you know, has him sidelined for forever. But they don't have a lot of great infield options. Matt Duffy has played two games at second base this week. Jack Mayfield played a game, uh, two games at second base. They are filling in. They're trying to find ways to fill in. And, you know, Joe Adele has only played three of the last six games. So they don't have... Ward has been in right every single game for them. Adele could be in right. I mean, I don't think... Taylor Ward's playing really well uh, of late. You look at Trout in center. That That's pretty much locked in. Marsh in left field. It feels pretty much locked in. I mean, if they're not going to play Joe Adele, I would totally be up for also considering a trade of some sort for him. It just, I still have a hard time believing they will move on from him. But, I mean, at this point in time, is Joe Adele another cautionary tale? You know, is he going to be Benintendi? 
Is he going to be that guy where is he going to be Nick Senzel? We get a little too precious about prospects at points, thinking they can't possibly miss when the best prospects often do. Uh, you know, the Gabriel Arias's uh, best comp, uh, you know, whose best negative comp is Orlando Arcia, who is a top five, top ten prospect for the Brewers. Or how about the fact that both Jimenez and Rosario were top ten prospects in all of baseball? Do you? I mean, Jimenez is playing well, but do you really feel like either of those guys are? you know, have uh, equaled that uh, hype. So that's just one of those things, you know, and I see this as a prospect writer I mean, prospects in depth. And that's why, you know, if you go back and you listen to the AL Central Roundtable, I was like, the Indians have the guardians have the best minor league system. Why do they have the best minor league system? Because they have depth. Depth is more important than star power. And everyone disagreed with that, but because, Go right now, look and see what Bobby Witt Jr., Spencer Torkelson, go look at the hype names and how they're playing and performing. Uh, not a lot of guys come up and stay. Not a lot of guys come up and hit the cover off the ball. Uh, it's a situation where I'd rather always have depth. And the Guardians, that's their approach. By the way, you go back and you look at that Clevenger deal, everyone's like, wow, they didn't get Campesino. Wow, they didn't get Trammell. You know, people were talking about that the highest-rated prospect went for Austin Nola in a later trade, that the Guardians settled for, like, lesser pieces. Uh, you know, someone I, you know, there are people out there I really um, think are fantastic at the evaluation, or, like, you have to you have to get someone with, you know, seven ceiling if you're trading someone who at peak is a seven uh, in terms of, like, a, you know, it's another way of saying like the 70-80 scale, like, basically that he's, you know, a chance to be an ace type you have to get someone else. The Guardians are like, no, we want to get six players and see what we can get. And what, five of the six were almost on this roster at the same time? Uh, that's the approach. And that's how the Guardians do it. And I'm with them. I think you never want to trade four for one. Uh, and we'll see what happens. But it's interesting with this Angels team because they still make a ton of sense for a team to trade with. Their top infield prospects, uh, Kyron Paris, who was actually a guy I thought the Guardians would be drafting for sure, has struggled with health. Uh, Ariel uh, Vera is an excellent defender, but he's an A-ball. If this team decides to move on from one of these outfielders, and they should, I mean, their DH is Otani. What are they going to do? They don't have a spot for one of these really interesting young players. There should be a trade in place. Like These two teams, it makes too much sense to not trade an infielder for an outfielder between the two of them. I, I went with Taylor Ward because I liked the ceiling there. Former first-round pick was a catcher. He looked like a different hitter last year. And after he moved off catcher, uh, he's been, you know, a, I'm not going to sit here and make fun of anyone. Uh, but, you know, I, when I talked about trading for him, there were people like, he's bad. I'm like, no, he's not. You have to lo- actually watch him. Uh, he looked like a different hitter in the second half last year when he got opportunities, and he had looked awesome in the early going. Uh, and now, again, is Joe Adele a trade candidate? What is Joe Adele's trade value? What is the trade that would make sense between the Guardians and uh, the Angels? Now, is it something like Adele for Arias? Arias? Uh, because he is a ready-to-go shortstop, and this is a team like they would be better off with Fletcher at second base, Arias at shortstop, and they would just have that plus defender at shortstop ready to go. And if you're the Guardians, do you consider that? Uh, Or is it a situation where it's like, 
I don't think Rosario nets you Adele, but is there a case where do you consider trading Jimenez? I, at this point in time, like I love Gabriel Reyes. Reyes. You know, I think he is a very bright part of this team's future. But, I mean, Jimenez is playing well now. Like, I don't think I'm willing to, like, move on from the guy who is playing well and has the big league experience versus a guy who has a high ceiling but also has a lot of question marks. Let me know what you think. Hit me up on my Twitter, at Draft. Uh, I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. I also want to take this moment, uh, and, you know, if you don't know me, uh, before I hosted Lockdown Guardians, is this going to be episode 700, by the way? I, I should really look on that as I'm recording here. But I was a lead drafts and prospect analyst at Scout and 24-7. Before that, nope, tomorrow's episode is going to be episode 700. Uh, but I, uh, before, you know, 700 episodes of this podcast... I was a national writer for Scout and 24-7. Before that, I wrote Indians Baseball Insider, Indians Prospect Insider, and had stuff appear on literally every Cleveland blog you can imagine and or read that talked about baseball. So, you know, this game right now, it's in the middle of it. Uh, Owen Miller does have two hits. We do have one player who's reached base twice. Uh, I believe that hit just happened right now as I was recording in the sixth. You know, this is a lineup, though, for all of my, my belly aching. I like the lineup today. I don't know what you do with Fran Mill. I don't, I mean, oh boy, he's now what, 0 for 6 or 6 straight strike? I, like, I believe in Fran Mill Reyes. I like Fran Mill Reyes. I think Fran Mill Reyes is a potential 40 home run guy. I don't know what's wrong with him right now. You have a new hitting coach. This is what Chris Vilek has for, but it is clear that Fran Mill Reyes is in his own head. 0 for 6, so 6 strikeouts. He's currently up to bat. We'll see if he can make it 7 straight strikeouts. I, and who knows? Maybe I should go back to the Monday game uh, and see if it's actually more than that. But it's 6 straight strikeouts. And it's not like, you know, uh, Sandoval, you know, Otani misses some bats, but he's only struck out 4 players in this, only has 4 strikeouts in this game. Half of them are to Reyes. Otani's already out of it, by the way. Uh, I don't know. Sorry, my co-host. You want to come up and say something? Are you as baffled as I am? Fran Mill Reyes was an excellent hitter a year ago. An excellent hitter. I'm glad they're moving him down, but I don't know what you do with him right now. You can't bench him because that's not going to accomplish anything. Uh, you got to let him hit, but man, it's just been... Whew, what do you do with a problem like Fran Mill? It, it's, it, I don't know it's just he is clearly in his own head this is where you got your new hitting coach this is where Valeka earns his keep in the beginning like he made some great uh he you know he wasn't the hitting coach of the Cubs he did a lot of great work with the Cubs with some of those guys like Patrick Wisdom um, Ian Happ some of uh Frank Schwindel some of those guys who were not no names or guys who had bounced around who had not been in uh, been effective this is where we need him we, you know, he is got because if Fran Mill Reyes is a even a below league, is even just an, a league average hitter, that's a huge hit to this lineup because he was the only hitter outside of Jose Ramirez. Oof, he was out in front of that one who looked like a potential middle of the order bat. Like, even if the rest of the lineup is stabilized, like, it's kind of crazy to think the offense has shown as much life as it has when you have Fran Mill Reyes hitting worse than most pitchers. Uh, it's it is a problem. <laughs> 
it's maybe the biggest problem in the early going. How did my camera get shifted that much? I'll blame my co-host down here. But we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and talk more about the lineup, why I like this lineup, uh, why I think you know it's a rate call, a good call, even though they're currently you know losing big in this game. Uh, I think Tito made the correct decision. And our sponsor today is BlueNile.com. I've talked about it before. They make really interesting high-end jewelry. Uh, and right now, the, what I want us to talk about specifically is this Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Sports listeners get $5 off $500. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. Use the code Locked On. That's code Locked On. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. Like I said, they do really interesting pieces. Go check it out. Go to BlueNile.com and see uh, what they might have that might suit your needs, wants, desires. Remember to use the promo code locked on uh, and get something for mom. So, uh, you know, if you're watching the game last night, you probably know that uh, Fran Mill, he didn't strike out. He managed to do something even worse and hit into a double play. I mean, jeez. What do you do? Honestly, like, what What do you do? He's got to play every day. He's got to hit his way out of it. He has shown he's an excellent player. But this is one of the worst stretches I've seen a hitter in um, in a long time. Uh, he needs to get out of his own head. Uh, like I said, they, Chris Valeka, go earn your keep. Like, this is what they go out and get a new hitting coach because uh, your potential 40 home run hitter, like, uh, looks like he's just completely shell-shocked right now it's uh, my goodness but why i like this lineup so straw okay yeah i mean that makes sense two rosario no that's this is the biggest issue i have the entire first he's playing shortstop second he's hitting two uh yeah ramirez three okay owen miller four i'm fine with that he has been one of their best hitters he had two hits again today Five nailer sounds good. Fran Mill six. You're moving him down, but still letting him be in a position uh, to help. You might consider moving him down more. We'll have to see. Uh, Richie Palacios at uh, seven, and he's got another hit today. Like all that guy does is get hits. Uh, you know, hopefully we'll find out more with Stephen Kwan. But right now, what we have is if Palacios is going to be out there in left field, he gets hits. I'd rather see him in there than. Or any Clement. And again, that's not a knock on Clement. Yes, I'm lower on Clement than most, and I recognize that. But I think he's a useful backup, but I'd much rather see if you have a little bit more with someone like um, Palacios. And then they have uh, Luke Maley is playing today, catcher at eight, which is the whole you want to have speed at nine with Jimenez. Uh, there, honestly, I'd just rather flip Rosario and Jimenez right now. Like, just do it. I, for. As much as we're sitting here banging on uh, Fran Mill, uh, Rosario's line is not that much better. And and that's, you know, for this team right now, you got three auto outs in the lineup. How are they going to recover between Rosario, whoever's playing catcher, and Fran Mill? It, it, it sets up an untenable situation. Why have they lost? Looks like soon to be six in a row. Because they got three automatic outs. They got... One pitcher who has just not been together, a pitching staff in general with down velocity. Uh, you know, it, it's not a strong. This is not the pitching staff of five years ago. 
And for as much as, you know, they get rightfully a lot of credit for pitcher development, uh, this is not... This is not like when, when Bieber came up or like when Clevenger came up and all of a sudden it's like, no, that's still one of the top 20 pitchers in the American League. They have one top 20 pitcher in the American League right now. This isn't the days where this was a World Series team where we probably didn't appreciate that that might have been one through five at a one point in time, the best staff that in the history of the organization. This isn't that. This is a team right now that has one ace whose velocity is down, but has still been effective, and four starters who um, who are back-end types. And they're pitching like back-end types, and unfortunately, uh, that's what we're seeing. It's back-end pitching. It's a you know positive momentum. Again, losing Quan has just been such a killer because he had filled in that two role so well. And, you know, statistical analysis shows the number two spot is the most important spot in your lineup. You should put your best hitter there. Going from Quan to Rosario is just a killer. Not only is it just the drop in production, not only is it, man, there's another Taylor Ward hit. Extra bases again. That's what, three extra base hits in, extra base hits in this game? Should I just, or is it a triple? It's a triple for Ward. Uh, that means he's a single away from the cycle right now, unless they're going to consider an error on uh, what happened with Straw. He jumped, and then he failed to pick up the ball. But I think he'll get the triple. Uh, so he's double. Maybe we'll be talking about Taylor Blake. Uh, not Taylor Blake Ward is my friend. Taylor Ward, outfielder for the Angels, uh, might be, you know, he's got the double and the, yep, counts as a triple. He's got the double, the triple, and the home run. He needs a single uh, in the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning to get there. Oh, Straw was very close to catching that. He made a really good attempt. Still, I'm just going to sit here and pat myself on the back. If you're subscribed on YouTube, you can see it. <laughs> uh, if nothing else, if the Guardians had gone out and traded Rosario for Ward, as I had been saying, we wouldn't have had to face Ward this weekend, this three-game series, as he just decimates the entire Guardians team. Uh, and Rosario wouldn't be butchering the lineup as one of the three automatic outs. I like this team. I think this is a team that's going to win mid-80s of games, but you know, this is not, for as much as we want to get excited for it, and not, you know, I get accused sometimes of being too negative, this is not the team. You know, the, like, when I moved back to Ohio, uh, 2012, you start, you, we saw things start to build, and then it was really more about 2014, where, I know 2013, they made the postseason, remember that was like Obaldo and Danny, um, why am I blanking on Danny Salazar's name there? And it, and it took him a few years to figure out, no, Kluber is the ace. Uh, you know, he, him to come up and really handle that role. Carrasco to get everything straightened out. Uh, but that, you know, what, 2015-ish through 2020 before kind of the wheels started to come off, like that five-year run was special. When you look at just the talent in that pitching staff, uh, the talent at points in that bullpen, the... Jose Ramirez, and you know, say what you want to say about Francisco Lindor. He's still an elite talent. He's showing it again this year. This team, you know, Carlos Santana at his peak was an above average bat. Uh, oof, oof, that was a brutal play by Naylor. This game is just. Ugh. It's hard to watch. Like right now, it's really kind of hard to watch this team in this weekend series. Um,. They, uh, yeah, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> it's, that's been the last six games. 
Uh, apologize to anyone who was listening that that sound might have bothered. But yeah, this team... They just... Logan Allen is not good. He's still here. He's pitching. Josh Naylor is playing out of position because they don't have a better option. Uh, they need a right fielder, someone who can legitimately be the right fielder of the now and the future for this team. And again, I'm just going to go back to what I've talked about so much. Like, okay, maybe Anaheim is not moving Taylor Ward, but if they're not moving Taylor Ward, they're at least going to have to think on Joe Adele. I mean, they're currently 11-7, and seven, Los Angeles is. They are second in their division, half a game behind the Mariners. Mariners have already gone tonight. They win this game. Then the Angels will be tied for first. You know, you can go through and see. Like, their bullpen, they spent a lot of money on. Their starting pitching is improved. You know, they have an interesting staff. Uh, we'll see if guys can continue to hold up when you look at Otani, Detmers, Lorenzen, Sindengard. Like, that's... Otani is not held together. Sindengard has not been, you know, stayed healthy. Sandoval is a guy I thought would be best served as a reliever, but, I mean, he's... Lorenzen was a reliever. Uh, you know, Detmers is a recent high pick. We'll see if Sam Bachman can move quickly through the minors to help them. But, yeah, right now... Like this is a team. The Angels are a potential playoff team, and that's why again it makes so much sense for the Guardians and the Angels to talk about an infield trade. I'm just going to keep harping on that uh, for this show today. That's man, why is my camera just sneaking up on me constantly here? I want to remind everyone to go check out Lockdown Guardians. Subscribe, like, hit the little bell on YouTube. We didn't break the top ten this week in terms of shows on the YouTube. Uh, you know, this game looks like it's going to go long, uh, all things considered, because uh, they are just beating this pitching staff up. So let's let's do our three stars as of now. Three stars in the sixth inning as this is about to become a 10-2 affair, I feel like, very soon. Um, Owen Miller and Jose Ramirez, the three four hitters. Uh, Jose with his fifth home run. Miller's got two hits. And then... Uh, I might just give it to Sam Henches for having a clean one and one third of an inning, uh, which is something that no one else has really managed. Naylor, I would have been up for consideration if I, I mean, I felt like he misplayed the, the double there. You know, let me know if you agree or disagree with that assessment. Uh, We're going to take that break, come back and do a little college talk at the end. Talk a little draft. It is ML NFL draft weekend. I've already kind of let my feelings be known on everything going on there. Uh, this will be the first draft I have not watched since I was about dra- listen to or watch. I did have some that I drove home uh, and did not watch. but uh, Well, I mean, I at least watched one day of it, so let's change it. I don't think I've missed a draft since I was something like... Like, the first real draft memory is that uh, trade-down year where everyone wanted to take J.J. Stokes and Warren Sapp. I don't know what year that was, but that's like my first. I remember watching that, being excited for the high pick and the trade down. So we'll talk baseball draft instead, uh, all in a moment here on Lockdown Guardians. One of my biggest regrets in life right now is not going over to bet online to bet on Stephen Kwan for Rookie of the Year. With the players not performing and you know maybe Kwan's health wound up hurting him, we'll see just how much money I end up costing myself. 
by not taking my own advice. Over at BetOnline.net, your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source. All of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Uh, yeah, maybe I am going to successfully uh, reverse jinx this one. Uh, maybe it will end this inning at 9-2. to two. So let's talk some baseball. A few weeks ago, I talked about the Hispanic Titanic, Ivan Melendez. I thought it was interesting when I went and looked. Uh, MLB just extended their draft to like a top 150. Uh, and I was just kind of, I'm always curious to see like how their rankings are. Because theirs is more of a consensus board I've talked about. That's not necessarily a negative. I don't want someone to view that as like me crediting on them. Because like honestly, they do it, they do an impossible job uh, and do it well. And, but I, you know, they didn't include anywhere in their top 150, uh, Melendez. I was like, okay, uh, how do you ignore what he has done this year? Uh, he, you know, last checked, not only is he leading the nation in home runs, I get it. He's a, he's an older player. He's a first base only, but he leads me, uh, he leads the NCAA in home runs. He's walking more than he strikes out. He is hitting 400. It's like he's literally done everything. Like if there's a statistical category that you're interested in, he's in the, you know, one of the top walk uh, in terms of walk rate as well. Like he's doing it all. Uh, Let's see. So here's his slash line. 404, 528, 897, a 1.425 OPS. Uh, BATPIP is over 400. Home runs, 21. Uh, walk rate, 18.5%. Strikeout percentage, 17 You know, just purely on performance. Just purely based on numbers with the way I like to look at things. Yes, he's 22 in January. So he's, you know, he's not like super old. You know, there's going to be like 23-year-olds and the like. I mean, I would, I would be hard-pressed to not at least have him somewhere in my top 100 just because... It is such a complete performance. I mean, it is just right now he's got to be your favorite for the, um, yeah, the the college player of the year. So you know he's one of those guys I'm going to keep coming back to because just uh, you know a Hispanic Titanic is amazing. B uh, the production is unreal, just absolutely unreal. Now, in terms of pitching, I thought it was interesting. You can go back to one of our first profiles on here when I talked about uh, Cooper uh, Gerpe from Oregon State, I believe, right? And how he fit the Guardians model. By the way, he now leads the nation in strikeout uh, per nine. Like, I think it's over 14. He is very much a Guardians type arm. You know, and I, if they can get him at the comp round, it, I would... And they like that Oregon State program. They do. So just definitely a name to keep in mind. Uh, maybe I just reverse jinx this, so it's going to get even worse. Like, poof, Logan Allen, not he may not be long for this roster, honestly. Uh, but Jerpe is another one statistically. I don't, I don't. Okay, so when you look at this class, one can make the strong case that it's the prep players with Drew Jones, Tamar Johnson, Jackson Holiday. Uh, maybe Elijah Green still, and then Brooks Lee. And it's like those five, and then 
okay? You know, if you want to make a case for Kevin Parada as the next great Georgia Tech uh, catcher, who's also, I think he's like second in the nation in home runs, was announced this week, Dylan Lesko, who's the top prep arm. Uh, he's a little bit undersized for a right-hander. He throws really hard, and guess what? Tommy John. Like, he still might go in the top 10 because it's a really bad class, but, like, that illustrates, again, why I am so much lower on prep arms in general it's just the risk is too high uh, i thought it was interesting that i saw mlb moved up daniel susak he's actually not played as well since he's moved off of the easy part of the schedule i wasn't as high uh, they moved up gavin cross quite a bit uh, you know players who are in kind of somewhat free folly um am i blanking on the stanford uh outfielder brock jones like he is he is falling falling very heavily down boards uh, it's just not there. Landon Sims, who got hurt. Uh, Peyton Pellett, who got hurt. It, it's, you know, who's rising? Uh, there's some prep bats. And then there's, like, how do you feel about pitchers? <laughs> you know, it's, like, the top, I think their top college pitcher is the from Gonzaga, Gabriel Hughes, uh, who's had some good performance numbers, but I just I didn't expect him to end up being in some places Carson uh, Weisenhunt, who hasn't pitched because he got suspended for um, for maybe it was Adderall. I'm not going to have to say what it was. Uh, he had a substance in his, you know, a substance that caused him to get suspended. I don't know if he's formally stated it or if it's formally gotten out there. Uh, so, you know, he's still top five and a 20, 24th ranked player in this class. He didn't pitch once this year. Connor Prelip at 23 has been hurt almost his entire college career. He's, you know, I had him in the teens. Uh, we'd like, it'd be nice to see him pitch because like the, the stuff is there. Uh, you know, I'll just go out and say it like Jude Fabian should be higher than 29th. He's not going to turn 22 until the middle of the summer. He's a young kid. The big knock on him was his strikeout rate and he's cut it down massively. He's hit a ton of home runs. He's walking a lot. He can play center field maybe, but we'll be fine on the corners. Like he's doing everything you would want someone who is returning to to uh to college to do. He has taken the jump that I think we kind of hoped he would take a year ago, but he's I think he, you know, could be a top 20 pick right now. It depends how much, you know, you like some of the other players. This is not a great draft. That's just a hundred percent it. Like, um, I'm kind of like the other guy. Like, I was really big on Robert Moore because what he managed to do last year, and now he has tumbled down boards because he's having a rough spread. Like, I had him like eleventh, and I believe he's in like the top fifteen over at uh, MLB. They have him ninety two now because you know he's he has the size is a real issue, and now the production isn't there to match to drive him up places. I. It's going to be interesting to see what the Guardians do. Could they go pitcher? They could at 16. Um, but right now, it's how do you feel about the high school pitcher class? Uh, could you, you know, I kind of I got into a debate today, and I still think we are seeing them as they've let go of more scouts, as they kind of shifted to more statistical-based models. While they have, it's a good point. Um, I should give credit where it's due about the fact that when they have drafted bats, they have gone with, like, up-the-middle high school players. That was from... I talk with you all the time uh, to Phenom MVP, Phenom MVP, Zach. And he's right in that. They have. 
But I think like last year, what we saw was this lean into what the depth of the class is. Uh, and then also just as much data as possible on any player you draft. The more data, the better. And uh, I, I really need to kind of sit back and look. But I'm betting I Chase louder if he is there, is going to be the Guardians pick. Like that, that they prefer guys who perform well in the Cape. They don't mind if a guy had a down junior year. Uh, they're not gonna. They're gonna like the physical tools. They're gonna like the age-based models. Uh, he is the guy that it's becoming more and more possible that he could be on that board. And uh, I'll just say he makes a lot of sense at that point in time. Uh, uh, it's gonna be interesting. This is again, it's not a great draft. I thought it was setting up to be a, an interesting one in terms of depth. Uh, I do like the catchers in this class, maybe more than others. Dalton rushing is—he's not really a catcher. Uh, it's weird uh, that they have him listed higher than Mettinger. Um, uh, Josh Kisovich from Oregon is definitely a name to know. I feel like he—he uh, he very much fits the Guardians model. So keep that name in mind. Uh, Tristan Burling. Like Gon- it's weird that Gonzaga's got a pair of really interesting arms. That you know their arms are challenging the Florida State arms of Messick and Hubart. Yeah, man, they are just not high on a lot of players I am as I scroll through this list very quickly. It's like having Dominic Keegan over Hayden Dunhurst is not something I would do. Not having Metzinger, like, I don't even know if he made their list. I, I There's got to be a point where, I mean, Jared Jones at 145, remember when he was getting top 25 hype? Nolan McLean from Oklahoma State. This has just been a... And the problem with a lot of these guys who I'm saying, where it's like, wow, that is a massive drop, is it's not because there is a ton of people elevating themselves. There's not a ton of players that are really putting their names on the map, making an imprint, and making it so you can't ignore them. It is because guys are just not playing well. Yeah, no Metzinger. That's a bit of a... Again, in the top 150, with what he is doing at the program he's doing, with what he is catching... Given his first opportunity to perform, that means something to me. Like, I consider him a second-round value. So I apparently am really different this year than the uh, the crowd. So it'll be interesting when the time comes to discuss the MLB draft. I went long again. I want to thank you all for listening. Remember, we want to stay in the top 10 on YouTube, so get those hits up and going. Like, subscribe, uh, all that great jazz, as it were. And uh, also just, I mean, downloading daily with the podcast is much appreciated. Uh, tell me what you want to hear, what you want to know. I am getting together more questions for a mailbag, so also hit me up on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft so we can do another mailbag question sooner rather than later. Maybe I'll even try to stream tomorrow evening. Uh, I've also had some talk about having a pitcher from AA, uh, not a Spino. <laughs> I'll say that. But a different starter from AA. I don't want everyone to get too excited who might be coming on this show soon. I'm trying to formalize some things, finalize some things. But uh, I, would again, want to thank the Locked On Guardians audience. 700 episodes. Tomorrow is going to be a 700th episode. I don't know what I'm going to do for that, but uh, thank you all. Let's, let's make it the biggest episode ever. Uh, like and subscribe, share, uh, all that things. Thank you, as always. And as I end every episode now, go, go, Guardians, go.